How you doing, Plum Creek? It is uh, always good uh, to be with you guys and to be able to come and hang out in Colorado again. Uh, there's a little piece of it that will always be home. Uh, and just being able to see your smiling faces, some of them, uh, you know, they are prettier than others, but uh, we won't point out any of that today. But uh, my name is Kyle Freeman. If you're new to uh, Plum Creek, uh, I served as a student pastor for five years, uh, and it was a, just a, an incredible experience of just being able uh, to see what God does in that. And so thank you again uh, for allowing me to be back. Uh, I want to say hi to everybody who is joining us online, wherever you may be and however you may be watching and, and experiencing uh, Plum Creek this weekend. We want to welcome you. We're glad that you chose to spend part of your weekend with us here. And uh, I'm always reminded when I come into Colorado, you forget how awesome the West Range is. Like, it's just incredible. You look over there and the mountains just explode. And uh, for me, it brings back a lot of great memories of taking my family, taking my kids, uh, skiing and boarding out in the, in the mountains. It's just awesome to get away and, and to just kind of, you know, tear up the mountain uh, for a day. But also with that, anytime you go skiing in the mountains, there's things that uh, are great and then there's some things that are not so great. Uh, you could get stuck on I-70 for six hours. I've been there, yep. Uh, where you're just like, really, really? We're gonna go this slow. Uh, I can't believe it. <clears throat> and my kids, sometimes they would be with friends and they would wanna hang out for a long time and so they would pray for snow uh, to happen and that the trip would be long and I'm like, stop praying that, you know? <laughs> But, uh, but there's also sometimes, I remember one of my scariest moments, one of, one of the moments for me that I just look back on and I go, oh, that, that was a time that I was scared the most happened in the mountains as well. Uh, we were at Winter Park Resort skiing and it was the first time that, I, that my kids were skiing with me and so I was like, I, I don't wanna spend the entire time teaching you guys how to ski, so I'm gonna put you in ski school. That's what good parents do, right? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you go learn how to ski on your own and then come on back and then we'll ski together. Uh, it'll be great. So we get down to the last day and I'm thinking, oh, I wanna go spend just the last run with the kids. We're gonna go up, we'll do a green. It'll be really easy. I wanna see you know, what they've learned, how they're progressing. And so we get up uh, into Winter Park. We go the green route. We're going down and I see my eldest, Kendall. She can, she can control her speed. She's got control of the pizza. She's got the snow wedge perfected and she can kind of keep going down. Well, Caden was struggling, you know? It was like, he didn't really like ski school. Uh, he didn't listen as much. And so he was having some issues. He was just like six at the time. And so I was paying more attention to him. And we got to the point where at Winter Park, where you're going back down to the lodge, you can choose to go left. And it's a big, long, flat place that is kind to beginning skiers. Or you can go right and you go down. And to get to the lodge, there's this steep run. And for part of it, if you get over on the left side, it's really steep on the right. It just, it freaks you out when you're beginning, but it's a lot of fun if you know how to do it. Well, I chose the wrong path. I chose the right. So we go to the right and I'm like, oh man, I knew I should have gone the other way. We get to the top of this run and I can just see it in their eyes. They're freaking out. They're looking at it and going, there is no possible way. This is not the bunny hill. Like I did not sign up for this. What is going on? And I'm just like, okay. I'm gonna act like I got this all together. We're all good. All right, Kendall, you're gonna be good. You, got, you can do S's. I need you to do big S's all the way across. Keep your pizza, lean into it, control your speed, and stay on the right side. 
And so I'm up at the top and I'm like, okay, Kendall, you're gonna go down first because I've got Caden with my poles in front with a big pizza wedge and I've gotta control him because he can't control himself going down. And so I'm sitting here and I'm watching Kendall go down and big S and big S and she's going to the left. The next one is a little bit shorter S, not as big. I'm like, okay, you got it, you're all right. But then the S's get shorter and shorter and shorter to the point that she's just barreling down the hill on the left side. And there's no possible way that she can stop. She goes all the way down and just explodes into the safety barriers at the bottom of it. And it's like a yard sale. I'm like, there's, there's poles and skis and hats. And I'm just like, this is it, she's done. She's done and then I'm gonna have to go tell her mom and then I'm gonna be done. I get down there and I'm just like, okay, we gotta do this. So I'm like going slow with Caden, going down the hill. And I'm just like, can we get there faster? She's gotta be, there's gotta be something hurt. Well, she was all right. There was fine. Uh, she didn't have anything. Like there, nothing broke. I, I thought she was gonna break every bone in her body. But man, it was the, one of the most scared times that I've been, that I've had. And it seems like for me, my most fearful moments have happened for my kids. There's another point where we were in the Gulf of Mexico and uh, my kids are like, hey, take us out deeper into the water. And of course, of course, we'll take you into the deep water, even though you can't swim, because I am dad and I can hold all of you. <laughs> and so I've got Kendall in front and I've got Caden on my back and we're going out and a wave comes and I think, oh, we'll just kind of take it sideways. And uh, we take it sideways and then all of a sudden I realize, oh, Caden's not on my back anymore. He's fallen down into the water. And I'm telling you, like the Gulf of Mexico, this is not the Caribbean, okay? This is not crystal blue waters and where you can see down there. I want you to think chocolate milk. That's what it's like in the Gulf of Mexico. I can't see him. I know he can't swim. And again, I'm like, okay, he's gonna be gone. And then I'm gonna be gone. But then I feel something hit me on my, on, on my leg and I just reach down and I feel his shirt and I just yank him out of the water. And it was like, okay, let's get out of here. Let's go, we're gonna go in to the shallow water. Fear is, it's crazy. It's an interesting thing though in our life because fear can both be exhilarating, like think of a roller coaster or skydiving or rappelling uh, or uh, a good scary movie or a haunted house, or it could be paralyzing a bad diagnosis from a doctor's visit, losing your job and not knowing where the next one is. Or maybe for some of you that are coming home from college right now and you're like, I, have, I am failing multiple classes and I've gotta to talk to my parents about this and it's not gonna be good and I'm just paralyzed. Or maybe it's some, some choices that we've made in the dark that weren't so great that are now coming to light and you're paralyzed, what's gonna happen from here? What's gonna happen if people really find out about me? And the, and the unique thing is this, is, is that I think each of us deals with and has different relationships with fear. For what is exhilarating to one might be paralyzing to the other and vice versa. It just depends on, on how you deal with it and your relationship with it. For me, the further that control moves away from, my, from me, if I lose control, more fearful that I become. What is your relationship with fear? In a culture where anxiety and worry and fear is, is, is almost heightened and it continues to increase in our lives, what has been your relationship with fear? How has it impacted you in 
your relationships, in your job. More importantly, how's it affected you in your relationship with Christ, your faith journey, your spiritual journey? Because we see God inviting us into, the, into these sacred spaces of deeper relationship or, a, or an experience or he, he's calling you to be something who you don't even know if you can be. How do you respond in those moments? What role does fear play in those moments? Here's the amazing thing is I think for, for us when we look at this, these sacred moments with God, we look throughout scripture and we, and, and we see in the Old Testament that God's presence and, and a sacred place of relationship always was, was associated with a physical place. They had to go to the temple. His presence lived in the Holy of Holies or it was in a cloud of, uh, in the clouds and, or, or a pillar of fire. It was, it was a physical place. But here's the amazing thing is when God said, I'm gonna step out of heaven into the form of Jesus Christ and I'm gonna live this life perfectly. I'm gonna die on a cross so that you and so that I can have a relationship with the creator of the universe. It blew apart anything that was related to a physical place and now a sacred place of relationship is anywhere because the temple is no longer a building. The temple becomes us. And so when we cross that line of faith, we have this overarching ability on a daily basis to be able to step into a sacred space with God. Whether that is at the office or in the car or at a coffee shop or in the classroom, but the only thing holding us back many times is our fear. Think about it. What keeps you from entering into a deeper experience with God? You've been to maybe, maybe it's a message, maybe it was a worship night. For some of you, you might've had a camp experience uh, or maybe it's a conference that's focused on it and you walk away from there and you're like, God is calling me to do this, to be this, to kind of pull my relationship with God into the middle of my life and let everything go out from that. But then there's that little moment when you get away from it and you go, "Mm, I'm really kind of scared to venture into that. I'm really kind of scared to to give over control because what am I gonna have to do? How am I gonna have to change? How much control am I gonna have? Is he asking me to give up? How am I gonna fit this into an already overcrowded schedule of things that dominate and, and, and suck my time and my energy? And maybe sometimes we even think, man, am I gonna like that? If God's calling me into a deeper relationship with him, is that something that I really even want? What's that gonna look like for me? I think many times we are only a quarter inch from stepping into a sacred place with God, from moving from being scared to being sacred. And you might be going a quarter inch, what in the world are you talking about? Let me show you what I mean with this. You see, with, with the word scared, if we just move a quarter inch, depending upon the font that you use, if you're a font, a file, I get it, okay? I don't want emails afterwards. But God calls you into that, into a sacred space. He wants you to kind of take and venture in with him into a deeper experience relationally with him and we're scared. But if we say, okay, I'm gonna take the C, which would stand for control, and I'm gonna move it a quarter inch, it becomes sacred. We begin to enter into a deeper understanding of who he is and how he loves us and what he wants to do in our life if we can only step through that a quarter inch and give up some control. Maybe do something different that's gonna challenge you in a a different way. 
Maybe being okay with not knowing exactly how it's gonna end up. There's always gonna be some fear when we step into the sacred space of deeper relationship with God. The question is, is it gonna be exhilarating or is it gonna be paralyzing? All throughout history, we see people in scripture and, and, and the relationship between God and, and his chosen people being invited into the sacred space of rela deeper relationship with him. And they step into it and then they get scared again. And what do they do? They run back to what they've known and what they're comfortable with. And then God reminds them, no, this is who you wanna be. This is who you are. This is whose you are. And sometimes that's through difficult experiences. And then the amazing thing about our God is no matter how many times we run away from him, no matter how dark our circumstances become, he always will invite us back into a sacred space of relationship with him. Each time somebody steps into the sacred, they have to overcome being scared. Think about Moses and the burning bush. Do you imagine that? Just walking along, there's a bush that's burning, but it's not burning up. And then there's voices that I'm hearing that are calling me to do something that I'm scared to do. Well, what does Moses do? In that moment, he turns scared into sacred and God uses him to do incredible things to free his people. Or think about Abraham and Isaac and God calling Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son. You think there wasn't any fear associated with that? I'm glad it wasn't me because I would say no. Move on to the next person. But Abraham, because he had been faithful in other things, he says, okay. But then God miraculously says, hey, don't lay a hand on the boy. They find a ram and he discovers that, man, this is a God that will always provide for me. He turns scared into sacred. There's a story about three dudes named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They take a stand. They're not gonna worship the king. They're gonna worship their God. And then they get sentenced to go into a fiery furnace. Well, you're not gonna worship the king, you're gonna go into the fiery furnace. And they're like, man, all right, whatever that means, I'm all in with my God, I know it's not gonna be fun, and I can imagine right when they get to the moment of about to step into this thing, there had to have been a ton of fear. All they had to do was just kneel and go back. But no, they say, I'm all in. They go into the fiery furnace, they don't get burned up. Then the guards look in, there's a fourth person in there, it's the presence of God. They turn scared into sacred. Or how about the disciples? They're just fishing, doing what they've always done, hanging out at the seashore. This dude, Jesus, comes up and says, I want you to drop everything. Quit your work, leave your family, follow me. We're gonna fish for men. Think about if that happened in your workplace. You're just sitting at your desk and somebody said, hey, I need you to drop everything. Just like, I need to quit your job, leave your family, come with me, we're gonna change the world. You'd be like, hmm, thank you. You need to stop smoking that. You know, it's like, I'm moving on in a different direction. But no, the disciples looked at Jesus and they, they turned scared into sacred and they did incredible things. They saw the dead raised back to life. They saw miracles. They performed miracles that they never thought possible. Why? Because they moved into a sacred space of deeper relationship with God. And then I think about Jesus. At the moment, right before he was about to be betrayed and he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he's gonna pray. And you would think this is Jesus, right? He's gonna be brave, he's gonna be big, he's gonna be strong, he's gonna be in this moment. But in that moment, he gets by himself and what does he say to, to his father? He says, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, there's blood dripping from him already because of the anxiety, because of, he's just under anguish, because he knows what's about to happen. 
But then he gets to that moment and he says, your will be done, not mine. And every single one of those, and for us in, our, in this world now, we have to get to the point where either internally or even out loud, we are able to say, okay, God, I feel what you're calling me into and I'm scared of it, to do it. I'm scared to lose control, but I'm gonna trust you. Your will be done, not mine. And I'm gonna move my sea a quarter of an inch and I'm gonna enter into a sacred space with you. And what's amazing is as they did this, their faith increased and their fear decreased. You begin to read stories about the disciples afterwards and, and, and these different characters that we've just talked about. They began to do incredible things. Why? Because they were, they were continually saying, I'm not gonna be scared. I'm not gonna live scared. I'm gonna enter into the sacred and I'm gonna trust God with my life. And their life was changed. And as a result of their life being changed, they began to invite other people into the sacred space of deeper relationship with God. And their life was changed. And then God invited them into a different sacred space with, with them. Does that sound familiar around here? The whole changed lives, changing lives, it's not just something that we came up with. It's something that is biblical in, in the Bible. We see it. But it happens when we move from being scared and enter into the sacred. I remember for me one time, First time we took, uh, uh, that I took a group to Nicaragua uh, from here and we went and we're doing our, our mission work throughout the week and then they said, hey, we wanna go to this place called Ruby's Prayer House. We wanna take your team. And I'm like, okay, what's that about? Well, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna spend some time just praying together uh, up in this house and uh, it'll, be, it'll be good. And I'm like, okay, like how, how long is that gonna take? And uh, they go, well, we'll probably be up there about four hours. And I'm like, what? Four hours? We're gonna go up there and we're gonna pray for four hours? And they're like, yeah, we want, we want like each of the students to come to the middle uh, and we're gonna pray over them. Uh, and uh, it's just gonna, we're gonna, we'll have some worship music going and we're just gonna kind of let the spirit just kind of lead. And uh, me, I'm just going, okay, wait a sec. This is different than what, what we normally do, right? And I'm just going, how are my students gonna respond? And then the other thing is like, what are the parents gonna say? How many emails am I gonna get? You let my student go up into Ruby's prayer. It was four hours, you know, like, but I said, you know, we're gonna step into this. Sure. It might not be something that we have been totally comfortable with. Well, we get up there and this Ruby had been praying for her city for years and years and years and doing this with groups over and over again and seeing God use it in amazing ways. And we step into this and it didn't last four hours. It went six hours. And people were prophesying and people were praying over. And yes, it's not something that we came back and said, you know what, student ministry, this is how we're gonna reach kids. Six hour prayer time, everybody in the middle. You know, we didn't do that. But it was a moment where we stepped into it. And I can tell you this, for some of those students, it changed the trajectory of their life. Which in turn changed other trajectories as a result of them stepping into a sacred space and hearing from God and hearing who they could be. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Fear does not come from God. God does not wanna look at you and call you into a deeper relationship so that he can pack on more condemnation, more shame, more guilt, more uh, of, of any of that. He wants to give you power and love and self-discipline, not fear. You 
You see, as we trust God in the midst of our circumstances, when life begins to kind of crash in on us and we step into that and we move from being scared to being sacred uh, in a sacred relationship with him, he begins to build in us and build us up to be more than conquerors over anything that we can face. But it requires us to get over some of our fear, to move past it. And even in the times that you're gonna step into it, it doesn't eliminate fear. Fear's still gonna be there, but it's being the willing of saying, I'm not gonna let this paralyze me and keep me from stepping into it. And then he encourages us in Isaiah 41.10 and says, don't, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. There may be some of you that that's the reason you're here this morning. Just to hear that, that you're not alone. That even though that your life might be gripped with fear and anxiety and worry, and I can tell you this, during this season, a lot, this, during this season of the year, it can be really hard. It can be a lot of fun to celebrate, but it can be really hard. Know that you're not alone. Don't be afraid, I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God and I wanna uphold you with my victorious right hand. You see, I believe that every day God invites us into a sacred spaces that can usher us into a deeper relationship with him and serve as an anchor in the depth of our circumstance. Now, I'm pretty sure that none of us in this room are gonna experience a burning bush. If you do, that'll be so cool. Make sure you're shooting video. But... Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think any of us are gonna be called to walk up a hill, up into the mountains and sacrifice a child. I hope that does not happen because um, you'll have bigger issues. Um, but I am sure of this. When God calls you into a, a deeper relationship space, a sacred space of relationship with him, it's gonna require for us to shift some control. I don't know if you've experienced this yet or not, but I've got two kids that I've had to teach how to drive. And it requires, when they, when they pass the, the initial stuff, it requires for me to get up out of the driver's seat and step over into the passenger seat. And I can tell you there are times that that is a scary place to be because I don't have control. Yeah, I could get over there and I could, I could do the steering wheel, but this is not moving. Oh, my legs aren't big and short enough or long enough to get over there and stop the pedal. I can't stop what's going on. I can't control it. I'm along for the ride. I'm there like telling them and trying to keep you know, my emotions in check, but they're doing it and they've gotten better and better. Maybe for some of us, that's what that means is that we've been in the driver's seat of our life and we've been driving on comfortable roads that we know, that we know the path to, but man, they've gotten more bumpy over time and maybe it's time for us to step out of the driver's seat and give over some control and stop living scared and enter into a sacred space with him. Do you know in scripture, do not be afraid occurs 365 times. Did that number get lost on you? Let me say it one more time. Do not be afraid 365 times. It's a daily deal to move your control. It's not a one-time decision that you go, okay, hey, I'm gonna move from being scared and into the sacred. It's daily waking up and going, I've gotta remind myself that I'm not in control. 
that I'm gonna step into a sacred space with him and I'm gonna relinquish some of the control and I'm gonna see where it takes me. But how can we do that? It's a simple shift for the word, but it's difficult in life. Look at this. How can we step into sacred spaces in our everyday life? The first step is this. Discover how you best connect with God. Discover how you best connect with God. Maybe for some of you, that solitude, mindfulness, just taking a breath and tuning in and refocusing and going, okay, God, what do you have to tell me? Maybe it's music and you just have your own like, you know, praise you know, night together. You just get down there, you get your headphones on and it's like, man, worship's about to break out right here in my room. Maybe it's studying and you're studying a Bible study with others and you like to, to kind of just kind of get into scripture and see what, what the original intent and what other people say about it. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's nature. You like to get off in nature and you see, man, God created this and yet he says that we are the, his prized creation. That's amazing, and it connects you with it a different way. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's prayer, directed prayers, whatever it is, find how you best connect, and then you've gotta be intentional. That's the second step, is be intentional with that. Be intentional with the connection, because if we're not intentional, our days and our life, it will be run by who? Us. And if you have kids, it will be run by them. It's like your car turns yellow in the afternoon and you have to take them everywhere that they go. Like you, your schedule will overrun you and run your life if you're not intentional. And so be intentional with it. Think about it this way. Separate your day into, into four-hour sections. So you've got morning, you've got afternoon, you've got night, evening. Maybe during those times, you're just gonna say, okay, hey, during the morning, I'm gonna focus on God. I'm gonna thank him for who he is, what he has done in my life. I'm gonna ask him to, to move in big ways, to awaken my soul, to awaken our community. I'm just gonna focus in on what God can do during those four hours. Now, it doesn't mean that, hey, you know, I want you for four hours to pray, and then the next four, you're gonna pray for 12 hours. I'm not saying that. But during the morning, that's your focus. Then the next, one, the next section would be maybe your family, and you're praying for your marriage to flourish. You're praying for your kids to come and know who Christ is and to make him famous in the world around them. Maybe you're praying for relationships with your kids, with your relatives, with siblings, restoring maybe some ones that are broken. And then that last section, others, that he would give you favor with your coworkers, with your classmates and teammates, with neighbors, Asking him to give you opportunities and to help you not miss opportunities that you can build a relationship strong enough to handle the weight of the truth about Christ. And then asking for courage to talk to him, to step into those moments. But having some directed times and some directed things might help you connect better and in enter into those sacred spaces. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be real short. You can even set up reminders like my wife. She sets up reminders and sets alarms on her phone that go off at random times. One of those is for me to take out the trash and I don't like that one, but she'll have an alarm that goes off and I'm like, what is that alarm? And she's like, oh, I'm praying for the kids right now. It's amazing. There's apps that'll help you. Echo prayer app, ones that will remind you, hey, why don't you just take a little bit of space right now and focus in on it. I would say this, identify the thing that you do most during your day. Maybe for some of you, that's meetings. 
I, I'll be praying for you. I hope that that is not the case. But like you find yourself in meeting after meeting and then you have to have meetings about the meetings and then you have meetings about those other meetings. Like it's like, and then you have the meeting after the meeting. Those are always the saucy ones. But um, maybe it's every time I'm gonna go into a meeting, I'm just gonna stop for a moment and I'm gonna take just a moment and take a breath and go, God, will you help me reflect who you are in this? Can I enter into this space? Even though it might be difficult, maybe there's some decisions with my words and my decisions and my thought processes, I wanna bring you in here with me. And then you walk in. Maybe it is uh, in car time. You spend a lot of time in your car. And maybe you've got some things that you wanna be thinking about. Maybe you're putting those different four sections. And so the, in the morning, this is, I've got a note card that reminds me I'm gonna pray to God. I'm gonna ask him for these things. And you get in the car and instead of listening to ESPN radio or listening to your music or, or anything like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus in and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask him to help me in these areas. Maybe for some of you, it's Instagram or Facebook. And you're like, before I get on Instagram and post something, before I get onto Facebook, I'm just gonna center myself. It's not that, that, that these things are all bad, but it's just like, take the thing that, that dominates your day and then add it into, hey, I need, this will remind me to get into a sacred space with you and to pull you into the center of my life. So before I post anything, before I do anything, before I say anything, God, would you just help me reflect your character? Will you help me to see people that I'm interacting with, with your heart and your eyes? That God, it's not about winning an argument. It's about building a relationship strong enough to handle the weight of the truth about Christ, that he loves us regardless of where we stand and who we are and what we've done. He loves us. And finally, the last step is this. Remember that small steps lead to big jumps. Small steps lead to big jumps. Don't bite off all of this. Don't say, okay, hey, you know what? I'm taking a day off from work. I'm praying for 12 hours. I'm waking up in the morning. It's gonna be three o'clock and I'm gonna start praying. At this point, I'm gonna do some Bible study. I'm gonna listen to a podcast. I'm gonna have a worship service. I'm gonna do family devotion, fix breakfast. Then I'm gonna just go sit in a room for, and, and just be silent for hours. Like, Don't just say, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bite off all of this. Start right here. Start with maybe even a breath prayer, just saying, God, thank you for loving me. Help me experience you in a deeper way. Start small. Because as you start small, your faith increases. And as your faith increases, your fear will decrease. Listen to this quote. Fear cannot exist in the presence of faith. Fear only exists because you feel that you are not in control. Give up the need to be in control. Take a leap in faith and fear will vanish as the mist in the morning. How awesome would that be in your life? I wanna ask you to just kind of close your eyes right where you're at. And I want you to hear this verse from Isaiah 43. It's been an incredible encouragement to me in hard times. And I don't know where every single one of us are in this space right now. Maybe you felt alone, dealing with and just being beaten up by life. Maybe you're entering into this holiday season and you're like, man, please, I, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through. 
you to hear the words from Isaiah and let them sink into your soul this morning. says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid. He's with us. Let me pray. God, I pray that that sinks deep into the core of our being this weekend. That God, that maybe for the first time in a long time, we're willing to stop holding on to our life, white knuckled, and be able to open up our hands and say, God, okay, I'm gonna give some control to you. I'm gonna enter into this sacred space despite my fear, despite my anxiety, because I know that you are with me. That God, in the midst of circumstances that look too too tall to overcome, too great for us to be able to get through, that God, I'm gonna relinquish some control. I'm gonna get out of the driver's seat and I'm gonna be moved from living a scared existence into a sacred space of relationship with you. So God, I ask that this week that we just step into that. Give us the courage to maybe take a small step towards you on a daily basis so that fear doesn't dominate or define us, but that we are defined by a relationship that we have with you. And then call us out to do what you planned for us long ago. The thing that we were created for. To love you and to love others. God, help us this week to experience the sacred. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.